The following podcast contains strong language and adult themes and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Entry C1451Z2H. Location The Wastelands. At the southern edge of the Black Hills. En route to Doomwood. Context We set off in the late morning from Red Crotter's farm. Rocket insisted on riding ahead to scout any potential dangers. Hate to even ask, but how much farther? The distance is variable, Star-Lord, depending on the route. Starting to get a bad case of saddle ass. Maybe it's just my imagination, but I feel like every mile we travel, this guillotine collar gets a little tighter around my neck. You still have four days, 22 hours, 35 minutes, and 7 seconds before your mission and your life end. <laughs> right, so the clock is ticking, so let's giddy up and get to Doomwood already. If we, if we ride straight there, how long will it even be? 5.7 miles. The, the way we're moving, we're going to double or triple the time. If Rocket continues to ride ahead and divert our route, you are correct. Yeah, all these zigzagging detours. Never known him to be the cautious type. If I may, I believe he is concerned for your life. My life? What about his life? I am merely repeating what I have observed. <sighs> Listen to what he said to me earlier. When you were busy urinating off a ledge for 3 minutes and 17 seconds... You time me? I record everything. Things don't flow like they used to, Play okay? recording. Hey, so, uh, while Quill's taking care of his business, I spotted at least three drones since we set off from Red's farm. Lots of these hills are clear-cut, logged down to stumps and slash. I say we avoid the open air, follow the forest, and stick to the shadows. We can't let them spot Quill. End recording. Hmm. I guess I am a wanted man, but I don't like him riding out ahead like that. The air here, it smells like burnt cancer. Who knows what the radiation's done to the wildlife? My Geiger counter indicates current levels are 10 MREM, 0.1 MSV. And what's normal? 1.5 MREM is the standard background radiation of Earth. <laughs> That's great, great. We're getting slow cooked. One more threat to worry about. You know, on that note... Yes, Star-Lord? Oh, whoa, whoa. I've been meaning to ask you something. I am listening. I am always listening. It's about that, actually. Something's been bugging me about when we found you on that mining freighter. Yes? If I'm remembering correctly, you said you were en route from Alpha Centauri. That is correct. What were you doing there? What I always do. Record. What was the name of the planet you were recording? Siege Centauri. Siege Centauri. I've never heard of that. Perhaps that is because I am using the name it was given by the Rigelians. So that's where you were stationed. But why did you change course? Why did you leave? For Earth? Because... Because my work there was done... Huh. So, when I look around, and I see some of the clear-cut hills, and when I hear about doom ruling over and ripping up the wastelands, something occurs to me. Tell me, Star-Lord. The Rigelians. You specifically called them an empire, right? Yes. So, I hear the word empire, and then I hear the word siege. You called a planet siege... 
that just... That just doesn't sound right to me, Cora. Then how does it sound wrong? Are the Rigelians like planet eaters and... And are you like their scout? I mean, I, I like you. you. You've done us right. But I, I guess I'm... I'm feeling extra paranoid given how everything's turned upside down. I... Can we trust you? That depends on how you use the word, Star-Lord. Isn't there just one way to trust? What if I told you that the Rigelians could make a world better? Safer? That their empire is good-willed and altruistic in its attempts to share its resources and design? I don't know what I'd say. Aren't empires always saying stuff like that before they raise their flag and steal the land and kill the people? Do you think Earth has prospered without the oversight of a benevolent power? I don't know. No, I guess not. There is no more green. And there is little hope. Oh. I was trapped on that mining freighter for three decades. During that time, my connection to the Rigelians severed. I have been cut loose. Junked. Yeah. Like you and Rocket. I don't know where I belong anymore. And like you and Rocket, I will nonetheless carry on doing what I do best. Recording the promise of new worlds. Well, I plan on saving this shithole. Let's go! Giddy up! Giddy up! Yeah. Then I will be there, alongside you, to record the saving of the shithole. Giddy up! Click, click! Come on! Marvel Entertainment and Sirius XM present Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star-Lord. Chapter 4, Deer on a Spear. Star-Lord? Yeah? I have noticed something about you and Rocket. I'm listening. When you are alone, your tone becomes more serious. What? No, it doesn't. You are less silly. I'm still silly. Watch. Oh. See? And in turn, Rocket is less theatrically angry when you are absent. What are you talking about? He's always angry. Hey, morons! See? Get your asses over here, pronto! He's always mad or impatient or disappointed. It's like his thing. His thing? Like his hobby, his passion. My observations indicate you have your own private language and customs. As a couple. Come on already! So now you're in a rush? After slowing us down all day, left, right, right, forward, back, back! Have we even moved? Oh. Okay. All right, what's the problem? We're going to have to double back again and take a different route. We don't have time for that. We're racing death here, man. Death's a lot closer than you think if you don't listen to me. What do you mean? Here. Come and see. Come on. It's right around the bend here. Right. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Come on, horse. Come on. Move. Stupid. Horsey. Come on. You... You are just a terrible cowboy. It's the blood, you idiot. What? The horse. He's scared of the smell of blood. Holy hell. Mm -hmm. The smell hit me about a quarter mile back. There's no mistake in it. Oh, that's... That's nasty. Mm-hmm. They're mounted. Like trophies <laughs> on a wall. But dead people. Right. Hey... 
You think they were dead before or after somebody tacked them up there like that? Shh, it's okay, it's okay. Given the temperature, the rate of decomposition makes me believe these individuals died three days ago. They ain't alone. Look at this tree over here. And the tree past that. And the tree past that. Look at them all. Oh, man. <coughs> and the tree past that. <coughs> and the tree past that. All of them leading towards the canyon entrance. <coughs> That's why we have to double back and find another way. Ah, stupid flies. Just realized I, I haven't had to squat a fly in years. You know the world sucks ass when it makes me nostalgic for the cold fly-free nothingness of space. Who is responsible for this? <coughs> I'm seeing what looks like one set of tracks. Size 15 feet. Yeah, well, size is one thing, but you're missing another detail. Huh? The feet are bare. Uh-huh, bare feet. And in this terrain, we're talking about a special sort of specimen, a true predator. Craven. Seems like a solid guess, given what Red told us. It is not a guess. What do you mean? I am picking up on a transmission. A news program of some sort. What's it saying? Listen. Play recording. Welcome, loyal citizens of the Victorlands, to another exciting edition of Deer on a Spear. I am Brandon Best, reporting to you live from Doomwood, and the hunt is on. I am in my studio, tracking the drone monitors, but let me tell you, even from here, I can feel the adrenaline in the air. Doomwood never disappoints. Totem Hill is packed with patriots who are ready for justice. Let's hear from some of them now. That's right, folks. The sharks are in a frenzy because there is blood in the water. Now, I have a report right here from Lord Doom himself informing me that today's prey is a member of an underground terrorist organization calling itself the Second Dawn. You heard that right, I'm afraid. How disappointing, how disgusting that these hostiles, these agitators don't appreciate what we have here in the Victorlands. Protection and purpose. Now, on that note... If you happen to suspect anyone in our great community, please, 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 please do not hesitate to report them to your nearest Doombot. Are they keeping odd hours? Do they complain often about their job? Do they refer to our great territory, the Victorlands, with the slur, the Wastelands? Those are some pretty clear indicators that they might not be on your side. Now, it is a shame that some people here clearly don't appreciate what we have. And we have a lot. Am I right, folks? We are blessed beyond measure when you think of what's going on outside of our territory. We have been spared the lawlessness and the poverty and the hunger others experience daily because one man did what needed to be done. He stood up in a time of chaos and need. He not only took control... But he took care of us because doom provides. Remember that, everyone out there at home. Doom provides. Now let's get another taste of what's going on at Totem Hill. Ooh, 
the people have spoken. Now, earlier today, I was able to get a few words from the spear himself, our own living spear, the most accomplished predator the world has ever known, Craven the Hunter. I visited his home where I found myself surrounded by quite literally thousands of skin rugs, mounted horns, and taxidermied carcasses. More of this fascinating interview will air later tonight, but for now, check out this fireside chat. Tell us, Craven, how are you feeling about today's installment of Deer on a Spear? Is it, is it to fight for justice? Huh? To, to punish the terrorists living among us? To showcase your loyalty to Lord Doom? This morning, on my forest walk, I came upon a dead man. His face was purpled and swollen, his veins were black, vomit coated his cheek, he had been poisoned. I could see that the fat of his arm had been gnawed to the bone. I crouched down to observe the killer hiding nearby. A spider scorpion, the size of a dog. It was crouched in the shadows of a bush, waiting for me to pass, so that it could continue to gorge on its prey. But there is no predator greater than man. The spider scorpion had only bested its superior opponent through trickery by hiding and darting out and applying its poisoned barb of a stinger. I slid my knife from its sheath. I did not want to kill the spider scorpion, only to maim it. The blade severed its tail, the milky blood oozed from the wound. The spider scorpion tried to escape me, but there was no escape. I carried its mewling, squirming body over a mile to where I knew of a chest-high pile of fire ants. I kicked the dirt to stir their rage, and then I plopped off each of the spider scorpion's legs before dropping it into the swarm. His demise was beautiful. I saw in that dead man's face the cold indifference of the universe. And I saw in that swarm of fire ants, that there is no natural justice beyond that which we reap. Wow, that was like a poem. Just let it sink in, folks. Just let it sink in. Now, we all know that Craven the Hunter is unstoppable, but nobody likes a blowout. Am I right, folks? That's why today's matchup is especially exciting. You might know Sebastian Warren as a local hunter and trapper, but it recently came to light that he is, in fact, a terrorist. A terrorist in our midst, part of the second dawn. Now, that's the bad news. 
But the good news is this should be a fun matchup. Sebastian Warren only weighs in at 190 pounds compared to Craven's 250, but Warren has spilled his share of blood and knows how to navigate these hills. Now, from the time Craven sounds his horn, the stats show kill time comes an average of 10 minutes and 15 seconds later. If I was a betting man, and I know some of you are, I'd bet you could bump that up by a full five minutes today. Now, as is our custom here on Deer on a Spear, Warren was given a 30-minute head start and the choice of one weapon, a knife, a dagger, a sword, an axe, a bow and arrow, or a crossbow. He chose the crossbow with one bolt locked and loaded before heading off at a full sprint into the southern hills. And our drones were with him the entire way. And our prey made it an impressive mile into some very rough territory before Craven sounded his horn. Uh, I don't know about you, but every time I hear Craven's hunting horn, I get chills. Chills of excitement. Okay, he's coming. Craven is going after Sebastian Warren. Yeah, I heard. Same as you. Come on, we need to get the hell out of here. That's Red's friend. That's our contact. That's our chance to find the Black Vortex. Listen to me. You're a wanted man wandering through a garden of corpses, and you want to run into the arms of the enemy? It's not just Craven out there. It's the drones. My helmet. Huh? With my helmet on, they don't know who I am. Oh, they won't need to know. You get in the way of Craven, and he'll gut you for sport. It'll be fine. I got my six shooters and my booster boots. Oh, no. What do your booster no. boots do? They boost, baby. Oh, they boost. No. no, they do not boost. They barely work. They're too old like you. Ugh, the last time you tried to fly in those things, you ended up with a concussion and a broken arm. Come on. Get them off. I've got them. I'll take this. them off. Let Guardian. me get them off. Go! That's not our catchphrase. If you're tuning into our drone footage today, you can see that Craven is barefoot. As always, even with his size 15 feet, he is still silent as a whisper. He is wearing a new loincloth, however, sewn from an elk hide, very form-flattering. You'll be able to order replications of these through our storefront starting tomorrow. But let's get back to where the action is. Our hunt is currently underway, so let's check in with the drones and see what our prey is up to now. And here is Sebastian Warren, running hard but looking a little winded. He's closing in on the Canyon of Shadows. Now, he won't be the first or the last, I dare say, to try to use this landmark as a defensive strategy. He is going up, up the walls of the canyon. With the crossbow lashed over his shoulders, he's going arm over arm climbing. Grabbing a root, ripping a crack, seeking the advantage of higher ground. Okay, it looks like, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it is clear. Uh, he's going for a ledge. He is going for a ledge. It's about 20 feet up, I'd guess. We can only assume he's going to try to fire down on Craven from a protected vantage. It's a nice idea, uh, maybe even a smart one, but we all know that Craven never misses his mark. Now, speaking of Craven, let's catch up with our hunter now. He moves with speed and urgency. His eyes scan the forest, reading any and every sign that might lead him to his prey. 
He is at the canyon now, the canyon of shadows, where we already know Sebastian is lying in wait. Oh, but instead of proceeding forward, instead of traveling into the mouth of the canyon, he, craven brilliantly, I must say, is now charging his way up the surrounding hillside. I am no mind reader, but if I had to guess, I would say Craven was going to take Warren's advantage and turn it into a disadvantage. Okay, folks. Craven is approaching the rim of the canyon now, slowly, carefully, peering into the darkness below. And uh, uh, it appears... Warren is, is ready for him. The crossbow is swung upward. Warren fires! I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Craven's been hit right in the face. Craven brought up his hand to block it, but it appears that... Wait. Wait. What is this? What is this? Craven has torn the bolt away. There is blood. Blood streaming down his cheek. But the gash, oh, thank goodness the gash is shallow, folks. No need to worry. Because Craven's reflexes are such that he caught the bolt, a deadly bolt aimed right at his head, a kill shot if I ever saw one. And Craven caught it, folks. He stopped it right in the nick of time. A reminder, everyone, Craven is not wearing armor. He does not carry a weapon beyond his trusted Bowie knife because he is armor, because he is a weapon. He is the ultimate weapon. But, oh, what is this? Warren has not given up. Warren drops from his ledge. He is down. Warren is down at the bottom of the canyon. He stumbles forward. He's trying to find his footing, trying to run. The chase is on. This hunt is not over. Uh, the shadows are thick down there, folks. It's difficult for even our drones to keep track of his progress. But Craven paces along the rim of the canyon. He unsheathes his bowie knife. Uh, Craven readies it for a throw. Surely it's an impossible toss at such an angle while running in a hard sprint. But, oh, Craven hurls it downward. He hurls the knife. Impact! The knife, it appears, has struck Vorn in the leg, dropping him. Our drones go in for a closer look. Oh, folks, Warren will not give up. He continues to drag himself forward despite the injury to his leg. Warren reaches for the knife now. Come and get me, Craven! <laughs> it looks like Warren is going to get his wish. From a height of 20 feet or more, Craven leaps. You don't have to do this. None of you, none of you watching and listening, none of you have to do this. You're living in a trap. It's always sad, isn't it? I mean, to see someone meet their end without any sort of repentance for the terrible things they've done. The second dawn is coming. The second dawn is coming and you can be a part of it if you just wake up. Craven approaches slowly. No doubt relishing is all but certain victory. Oh, uh, what is this? What is this? I don't know what... I don't know what I'm looking at, friends. 
Ugh. Someone appears to be flying toward our combatants very poorly, I might add. This interloper, he's... Oh, he's out of control. He, he, he crashes into the side of the canyon, uh, spins around, then recovers. He, he's armed. This man, he's armed with a gun. He's firing on Craven, a fellow insurrectionist, perhaps. He's powered by what appear to be rocket boots, but, well, only one of them works. Ah, oh, he crashes again, this time against the canyon floor, and again against the canyon wall. Uh, even Craven seems at a loss, folks, uncertain what to do. The interloper raises his gun wildly, he fires again. Guardians of the Galaxy are back, bitches! What, what, what did he say? What did he say? Did he just say? I got you, Sebastian. Come here now. Come on. The interloper, he, he, he hovers near the ground. He motions for Sebastian come to here, join come him. Here, come here. But Craven lunges forward. Craven goes after the terrorist. The man blasts up, away from Craven. He smashes into an overhang, completely out of control. He rockets away, spinning wildly out of the canyon, through the air, through the forest, lost from sight. Uh, well, that was, I don't know what that was, but that very strange and completely ineffective interruption appears to now be over. Uh, Craven has shrugged it off, and so should we, folks. Now... Our hunter approaches his prey. And oh, folks, what a treat. He is going in for the kill with his bare hands. Oh, he's jamming his thumbs into his eye sockets. And he... Oh! He has done it again, folks, in a matter of minutes. Unbelievable. The strength, the ferocity, the cunning that we have witnessed today is just, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to even put into words, folks. So you know what? You know what? I'll let you do it for me. Uh, let's hear from our friends on the street and on Totem Hill, where Craven will soon return with a physical ornament severed from his prey to hammer onto the post as we celebrate another edition of Deer on a Spear. Sebastian Warren is dead, and our community is safe. Context. 20 minutes later. Rocket and I reunited with Quill as he climbed down from a tree he had crashed into. You okay, Rock? Am I okay? I'm fine. You're the human pinball. I'm good. Just a few scratches. Yeah, well... I'm good, too. I was telling Cora I think these guillotine collars are getting tighter. No. Okay. I'm fine. It's just the air, the, the dust. <coughs> Breathing's like choking. <coughs> uh, uh, you know you almost got yourself killed back there. Keyword, almost. Stupid move. Seriously. We can't take risks like that when we get into Doomwood. If somebody needs saving, I'm going to save them. That's what we do. Yeah, well, you didn't do anything except make a spectacle out of yourself. I just need to get my boots fixed. You were seconds away from getting your guts ripped out of your throat. The whole thing could have turned out different if I had my boots fixed. Let's concentrate on saving ourselves, okay? Don't flark this up. Don't even look at anybody else, okay? Just stay focused. Eye on the prize. 
We get the Black Vortex, we get out of here. Sebastian Warren is dead. That was our only lead. I know. Tell me what I don't know. We gotta reach out to some people in Doomwood. Find some friends. We got, we got no choice. <laughs> Find some friends? Did you hear the psychos on that broadcast? There are no friends here. There's good people everywhere. We just gotta look, right, Cora? Brandon Best sounded friendly and well-connected. Perhaps we should try to speak with him? Cora. Yes? Never mind. Look, we're gonna be fine. We're, we're just gonna head into town. Oh, and we're okay. Gonna... We're gonna head into town now. Just saunter right in. Because you know this place so well. When were you here again? When you were five? Six. Six? Oh, well, then, by all means, lead the way to the candy shops and the diaper-changing stations. Yeah, here's the plan. We hit the go-kart track, then we do some putt-putt golf, and then we get a root beer float. This is humorous. Quill is being funny. No, he thinks he's being funny. World of difference. When I go to Doomwood, I am going to eat a banana, and wear pants, and sit in a chair. Was that humorous? See what you're doing, Quill? The stupidity is infectious. All right, all right look, listen up. The plan is we split up, enter the town separately and quietly. Rendezvous later. Because that worked out so well at Outpost 13? No way. You're just going to get sauced and run your mouth again. No, I, I promise, Rocket. Not a drop will touch these lips. Seriously. You know, it'd be a lot easier to take you seriously if you didn't have pine needles in your beard. Cora, what kind of audio capabilities do you have for a crowded space? Say a hundred people? I can monitor the conversations of a hundred people simultaneously. Great. Then you go to the most popular bar in town. And I ask them all many questions. No. You listen. Just listen. What will I listen to? People go to bars to complain and brag and spill secrets. You listen for a few primetime hours, we'll get a good cross-section of potential enemies and allies. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, you can't send her into a bar in a town like this? Hunting people is a sport here. She'll be fine, right, Cora? I will be fine. She won't be fine. She's clueless. Just do not, under any circumstances, tell them who we are or why we're here. Hey, seriously, are you sure we can trust her? Hello, Quill? Yeah, yeah, we can trust her. Location, the Heaven and Hellfire Club. The largest and most popular drinking establishment in Doomwood. It has two entrances. One is labeled Heaven. The other is labeled Hell. Context. I entered through the Heaven door because it appeared friendlier. I did not receive a warm reception. <laughs> Whoa! The hell are you? Hello. I am a Rigelian recorder. Who are you? How's that for an answer, skin bot? Thank you for sharing your saliva with me. I will use the sample dribbling down my face to test the effects of pollutants on your biology. Go to hell. I will speak to someone else then. Hello, large woman with one eye. Don't you talk to me. Get away from me. My name is Cora. I am a Rigelian recorder. I am pleased to meet You're you. You're a trash can with legs is what you are. <laughs> Get away from me before I take you outside and curb stomp your fake ass face. <laughs> oh dear. No, thank you. It's Craven. Craven's here. First round's on me. Whatever he's drinking, the top rail vodka. 
Craven for another successful hunt <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> for spilling blood and keeping us all safe. Yeah. Woo. Pour another. Pour the whole damn bottle. It's on me. He's putting it on me. What are we drinking to this time, Craven? Give us a toast. I raise my glass to my next hunt. To the death of Peter Quill. Marvel Entertainment and Sirius XM present Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star-Lord. Starring Timothy Busfield as Star-Lord and Chris Elliott as Rocket. Directed by Kimberly Senior. Original sound design and music by Mark Henry Phillips. Written by Benjamin Percy. Featuring Dylan Baker as Doom. Nadine Maloof as Cora, Patrick Page as Craven the Hunter, with Vanessa Williams as Emma Frost, and Danny Glover as Red Crotter. Additional performances in this episode by Blake Morris as Drunk Man, Michael Lawrence as Sebastian Warren, I made Donna Kelly as Francine, Eric T. Miller as Brandon Best. Voices performed by Jordan Boatman, Kate Bergstrom, Richie Nash, and David Samuel. Produced by Jenny Radelet Mast, Brad Barton, Becca Seidel, M.R. Daniel, Larissa Rosen. Our production manager is Libby Felch. Assistant director is Josiah Davis. Casting by Elaine Aldaffer. Casting associate Lisa Donadio. Production assistants from Tatiana Duchard and Reese Munn. Our assistant engineer is Ryan Lessie. Editing by Michael Oldmark and Mark Henry Phillips. Sound design and mixed by Mark Henry Phillips. Foley artists Joanna Fang and Leslie Bloom. Foley engineers, Connor Nagy and Ryan Collison. Additional engineering from Nathan Rule, James Kerwood, Robert Kessler, Jim Lively, Carl Force, Camille Hoffman, Rob Sayers, Becca Fallborn, Lauren Mullen, and Roger Heiss. Original score composed by Mark Henry Phillips. Music clearance by Christine Bergren and Allison Marshall. Production legal by Chad Russo and Raymo Law PC. Payroll services by Violet Romero of ABS Payroll. Our line producer is Alex Levine. Executive produced by Dan Buckley, Joe Casada, Sarah Amos, Stephen Wacker, Daniel Fink, Ellie Pyle, and Jill DeBuff. Special thanks to Ryan Broussard, I May Donna Kelly, Mark Montgomery, Abby Pierce, Adam Poss, Zoe Winters, Ron Richards, Mark Millar, Steve McNiven, Lydia Smith, Chris Mast, Andy Grotolution. The character of Star-Lord was created by Steve Englehart and Steve Gann. The character of Rocket was created by Bill Matlow and Keith Giffen. My name is Tim Rose. Marvel's Wastelanders Old Man Star-Lord is a production of Marvel Entertainment and Sirius XM in association with Wave Runner Studios. For more information, visit marvel.com slash wastelanders. This podcast was recorded under a sag after collective bargaining agreement. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. On the next episode of Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star-Lord. Don't touch anything. Look at all the booze. You keep your hands off the hooch. I'm heading upstairs to fetch. Yeah, yeah. Isn't this a sight? My queen. You can leave us now. You sure? They'll do as they're told from here on out. Won't you, Quill? No promises. Won't you, Quill? I know you. How do I 
I know you. You're not the kind of woman a guy forgets. You're here for something. Oh, oh wait, I don't think we ever officially met back in the day, but you're, you're Emma... Will you share the map with me, Quill? Emma, Emma Frost. The map that leads to the Black Vortex, I'd like to see. Don't do it. But you haven't aged a day. It's in your satchel. Reach in and hand it to me. Don't listen to her. She's messing with your head. 